When it comes to all the great moments in Utah sports, these guys have seen them all. This is DJ and PK, Utah's highest rated, most listened to sports radio morning show. On 97.5-1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Time to bring in our basketball insider, Steve Cleveland. Steve, good morning. Good morning, fellas. Well, Steve, I guess the first question is, how surprised are you that down 0-2, the Bucks find themselves up 3-2? Well, at the time, if you asked me that a week ago or two, I, I'd probably uh, be pretty fearful. But I think we've had enough conversations about this that uh, – and just kind of watching it unfold, yeah, it always surprises you when somebody gets down 2-0. But uh, when, when you look at the competitiveness of the Bucks and their depth and their strength and their ability to defend, they found ways. And it's kind of interesting. Through, through it all, we're 3-2. We're going back to Milwaukee to see if they can close it out or go back to Arizona. In my mind, there's really been two possessions that changed everything. One was an unbelievable block by Giannis late in the game that looked like an apparent dunk for, for Aiton, and, uh, and, and it would have been probably the Suns winning. And then the, the huge steal with Holiday on, uh, uh, right, right at the end of the game where uh, it, it wasn't like he turned it over, Booker turned it over. He just, he, he just stole it from him. And those two possessions really have dictated where this series is. I mean, you go back, those things don't happen, it's probably the Suns up. So that's how close these teams have been and how competitive the games have been, and it's, it's been fun to watch. Do you believe that shooting is contagious, and so if one guy gets hot, another guy gets hot, and so forth? Oh, yeah. A- absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, it, shooting is obviously the, tech, the technical part of shooting and all the things that go with it, but it's no different than uh, making a putt on a golf course. I mean, once you see the ball go in, if for whatever reason it relaxes you, uh, even when you watch a teammate start shooting it. And shooting is so mental. And, I mean, you, yeah, you, you can't just have a broke shot and, and expect to make baskets. But these guys are pros, and they're all pretty good shooters. And the bigs aren't as, as good a shooter as the perimeter players. But but at the end of the day, uh, when you start seeing that ball go through and your teammates start seeing it go through, it, it impacts everybody. And so there is a lot to be said about the mental part of shooting uh, which is almost, if, if not, maybe more important than the physical part because I've seen guys that aren't great shooters technically but start making baskets, and that basket looks as big as the ocean. And I know as a player and even as a coach, I always tried to get guys in positions where they could see the ball go through early, maybe running a quick hit or doing something, even making a layup just early in the game where you watch it go through and mentally and emotionally you get confident that way. And uh, that's a huge part about being a consistent scorer and a shooter and winning big games when that basket looks really big. I'm sure you've been aware of this for a long time, but PK has a unique ability to be both annoying and entertaining at the very same moment. I, I like to think of lovable. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I, uh, yeah, I've seen that side of him. <laughs> okay. So he always has this recency bias where whatever happened is just the greatest thing. And that was a great play by Giroux Holiday. But to say it's the greatest play in finals history, 
defensive play, defensive play in finals history. We can recount a few others, but I'm wondering how much you think that uh, PJ Tucker gets overlooked. His ability to stay in front of Booker, so that Booker and, and Giannis was there looming for the block. So Booker's got to spin around and surprise. You know, there's Drew Holiday. But I think the bigger point in all of that is Holiday can be there because a lot of teams are told, hey, you got to stay with the three-point shooter. But the Suns are, man, when Booker gets on a roll, he is very ball dominant. Has that got to change? Have you got to share the ball a little better than that so the whole defense doesn't collapse in on you in the paint in that moment? Well, what happens is when you become real ball dominant like that, uh, you, you, you're, you're in a situation where every shot's contested. P.J. Tucker, regardless of who's guarding Booker, if Holiday's guarding Booker or P.J. Tucker's guarding Booker, for the most part, they're, they're going to contest every shot. And, and, and usually that, you go to the well that many times, at some point in time, late in game, sometimes it dries up. And because, because you do get a, a little bit tighter, and, and mentally and emotionally, you know what's on the line, and you're trying to make a play. But I, I'd go back to P.J. Tucker, and this guy is like a junkyard dog. I mean, he defensively is there everywhere. And if anybody, I mean, the most inspirational player on both these teams is P.J. Tucker. And, and, and he does so many things, like you said, that never go on the stat sheet, that never people really talk about. But I would just love to see like 100 clips of this guy guarding people, uh, blocking out, diving on the floor for loose balls. You've got to have people like that in, 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 on, a, on a championship team, and he's willing to do that. And uh, it, it's, it's been the X factor for Milwaukee. I mean, at the end of the, you can tell me, well, he went for, you know, uh, Booker goes for 40, and you're, you're going to say, you know what, though? He had to earn every one of those. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of like everything's contested. There's a body on a body. And uh, – the, if Tucker's not playing for them and they've got somebody else playing, I'm telling you right now that th- that the Suns win this series. And I, and I know that he's not one of the superstars, but he is a glue guy. And uh, he he just got so much energy, and the guys feed off of that. And I don't know who – I mean, you got to say Giannis is the leader of the team. He's positive and all those kinds of things. But the inspirational leader of this team is P.J. Tucker. And I don't know anything about their club or who talks in the huddles or in the locker room. But this guy, you want this guy on your team. Do you start thinking about putting on to come on the line intentionally? Yeah, I mean, I, I think you continue to do that. Uh, I mean, especially in late game situations. Uh, I mean, he's made enough. I mean, you, you start looking at his statistics, and and uh, you know, he started off seven for twelve, I think, and then he goes for eleven for eighteen. You know, there's always going to be eight or ten misses, but. He seems a little more relaxed. He's, he's shooting it a little bit quicker. and But, he, you know, the other night he misses three in a row, which if, if they lose that game, you look back and, and Giannis is uh, – he's not getting the attention he got on that amazing dunk and all the other good things he did. So, missed free throws at inopportune times can take a lot of that glitter and glow away from what was a great performance. He had 32 points, nine rebounds. But missing three free throws in a row – uh, he he kind of got saved there by a big-time steal, and then he got the dunk, and it, everybody forgets about the three free throws that put the Suns in a position to win the game. But that's, that's basketball, and he's going to have to continue to get better at that. But I like it when he doesn't shoot. I mean, he doesn't need to shoot jump shots. He doesn't need to shoot threes. He can find a way to score 25 or 30 points without taking those shots because when he misses, it's a long rebound, and it's usually the Suns going the other way fast and quick and attacking the rim. 
So you think the Bucks now are going to do this, or you think saying that is as crazy as saying the Suns are going to do it when they're up 2-0? You're not over the finish line until you're over the finish line. Yeah, yeah I, absolutely. You're not over the finish line. And I, I'm, I'm thinking at home, you know, that they can do this, but the Suns are going to be completely relaxed, and they got, they're up, they're back. You know, they, they're just – I just watch teams that are down, and we've seen it in this series. We've seen it in other series where uh, you can't get comfortable – you can't get complacent. I can't imagine the Bucks doing that. I, I, I would pick the Bucks just because it is at home and there's so much on the line. But if you tell me that the Suns, I mean, the, here's the deal: that if, if the Bucks don't win, then I, I gotta believe the Suns finish them off at home. And, and, and you know, you look at that last game that they played at the Suns. The Suns shot 55% from the field, 68% from the three-point line. And, and lost the game. Mm-hmm. So it just came down to a possession or two. And uh, and that was the nights that Giannis had 32, Middleton 29, and Holiday 27. I don't know if they can replicate that again in Phoenix. So their best chance to win is tonight. Uh, because I think if it goes if it goes seven, uh, the Suns are more likely to shoot the ball better in their building and the Bucks aren't. So, yeah, I, I, I picked the Bucks tonight. and uh, But uh, I, I would bet the house on the Suns if it goes seven. NBA drafts coming up next week, and most predictions and prognostications that I've seen have this Cunningham kid from Oklahoma State going number one. Two is looking like it's up for debate right now. You got three guys in the mix, Mobley out of SC. Then you got a couple of Jalens, uh, Suggs, who played at Gonzaga, whom I personally love, and that's probably because I've seen him play a number of times. And then you got a kid, Jalen Green, up your way. He grew up playing uh, basketball in Fresno. I think he moved there oh, second or third grade. I was wondering if you know anything about him. Yeah, I've, I've watched Jalen play uh, uh, as a junior. As a senior, obviously he didn't play, but as a junior I watched him play. He played at San Joaquin Memorial High School, which is a private school in, in, in the city. And uh, he, he, is, uh, he is so gifted. And he's one of those guys sometimes you watch and you're going, well, he's not really playing hard, you know. And, and, but, I mean, everything that he does in terms of his understanding of the game, and you, and you know in a high school game how guys can make that game look ugly. Coaches can make it look ugly. They can throw three guys at him. They can do a variety of things because other players in a high school program can't score. So you're not going to judge him on how he played in high school because he always had two or three people guarding him. But he, he, ha- he is a gifted shooter. He's good with the ball. You know, he's going to get bigger. and He's a little bit like Paul. He's really skinny and, 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 and you know, he doesn't carry a lot of weight, but really gifted. It's kind of an interesting story. Um, so, Jalen, you know, you have connections and friends, and, and Jalen's always playing somewhere looking for a place. Well, during COVID, every single uh, school, you know, AAU facility, uh, any gym in the, in the nobody you couldn't get into them. Everything was locked up, except for the alluvial building. <laughs> That's a church over in Fresno, in 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 middle of Fresno. And so I have a buddy that is uh, he he goes to that ward. He's got keys to the ward, and he's telling me, he says, "Yeah, we got Jalen in there working out, and, and the guys are playing." I said, "During COVID?" And, and, and I said, "I'm pretty sure that the, that the church folks don't know anything about that either." We can talk about it now. But he spent a lot of time on uh, that alluvial chapel building knocking shots down and playing with a few of his buddies. So it was kind of a, 
I guess Fresno can take a little bit of credit for his development during sure. COVID because that's where he went and shot. So kind of interesting stuff, but it's hard not to like the kid. He's a great kid. He's already given back in the community. Uh, what What's the kid's name? He's not coming to me. What's the kid's name that played at Baylor? That is a great defender. You remember him? Uh, when? Uh, that just played, like, like, he just played for Baylor when they won the national championship. His name escapes me, but I, he's another kid that, uh, uh, I, I really like for the draft, and and I know the other guys are kind of well known. Cunningham, Mobley, you know, is yeah. we know them, but I, I can't. I'll have I can't. I'm sorry I bring it up, and then I can't remember his name. But uh, he he's a guy I really looked at too. I mean, he was one of the best collegiate defenders I've ever seen for Baylor, and just as athletic as they can. And uh, we'll all think his name about his name, but he's another guy that I think that might be the best defender in the draft. And a guy, you know, he may not be a lottery, but he uh, he's a guy I would be a want to have on my team as well. He's a P.J. Tucker, you know, uh, but he's probably the, you know, 5.0 version of him. He, he's just really athletic. And uh, I watched him the other night. They were doing some clips, and I apologize for not knowing who he is. Is it Jared? Are you, talking, are you talking Jared Butler? Yeah, that, that could be it, yes. Davion Mitchell. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. I just, I just know that I can't remember. Yeah, I think, it's, I think it's Davian Mitchell. Uh, he's small though; he's only six one. Uh, I'm looking at yeah. a mock draft right now, and they're looking at what him. Do they have him at? Uh, seven to the Warriors. Who knows if the obviously we don't know if the Warriors are yeah. going to take that pick because right. there's been rumors of you know maybe uh, trading out to get veterans to try to win now with Curry and Thompson coming back next year and Draymond Green getting older. So I don't know that the Warriors will keep that pick, but nevertheless, the Warriors right now are slated to draft seventh, and Mitchell, yeah. uh, Mitchell's there was their guy uh, a little older at twenty-two, but uh, right. they, and they list yeah, him. I mean, I, they list him as a lockdown defender at the college level. Yeah, he was, he was, and I, I just felt like uh, I, I hadn't seen anybody really defend at that level in a long time collegiately. And uh, but you, you're right. I mean, people are gonna. You're usually going to go for a guy that has a high ceiling offensively, can score it, and, and, and a guy that's a little bit bigger than that. Is Suggs about 6'4"? How big is Suggs? Yes, and I, I absolutely love him. I mean, yeah, I, I, I do too. I think he's going to be the best Gonzaga player that Mark Few has had, knowing that he's had a bunch. And they, they list uh, Suggs at 6'5". And, and I think, at only 20 years of age, and we do go with the upside and all that, I just think this kid's going to be a stud at the NBA level. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. And, and not just because he hit a big shot there. You watch him, man. He is a jet, and, and he's got so many different speeds, and he can create space to get a shot off. Yeah, he's a special kid, and he is young. And uh, I, I, I would absolutely agree with you. Fun to watch, and he'll, he'll, have, he'll, he'll make an impact really early in his NBA career, wherever he goes. And, uh, and you, you know, it would be interesting. You'd have two pretty small guards. Gold State, but boy, both of them would be pretty lethal. And uh, hey, what do you all hear with Damon Lillard? Uh, you have probably some inside stuff there. Do you, do you think that he's leaving and that he would actually go to a place like Golden State or, uh, I, you know, he's from Oakland? What, what do you hear up there on him? Well, here, all you hear is jazz fans who are Wildcat fans who want him to come back to Utah. Uh, yes, he has Utah ties and liked his time, time here. Obviously, he's got Oakland ties, but he makes a lot of money. Yeah, he does. So you got to give up a lot, and you know who does it really make sense for? I also think that I don't think Portland really 
wants to trade him. So I think he's going to have to make a big stink. And I don't know that he wants to make a big stink, at least not yet. Yeah. Yeah, now, in another year, he might, or in two years, he might. Uh, you don't. I don't think you have to be – I think if James Harden taught us anything, it's you don't have to be as cl- – and maybe Anthony Davis, too. I'm probably leaving somebody else out. You don't have to be as close to the end of your contract as you used to be to make a big stink and go. But I, I mean, if you've got three or four years on your deal, it seems a little early, and he doesn't seem to want to be the villain. Some people don't right. seem to mind. I don't think he wants to be. But, you know, I don't know him personally, so, you know, that's just yeah. what I see from watching him from a distance. You know, the, you're right, though. The precedent's been set to, to leave a contract and do those things at times people never used to do it. So um, that'll be interesting to see how that plays out. But this, this is going to be a good draft, and uh, it's kind of fun to kind of be up close. And for, I don't know Jalen personally. I mean, I, I've met him once, but I, I don't really know him. But it's fun to watch his development here and uh, – uh, it'll be interesting to see uh, what happens with him down the road, and because uh, he's 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 gifted, got good size, and he's going to get much stronger. But he's a very very special talent. So, what do you think about this thing as far as going to, uh, not going to college, going in and getting that money that he got for that G League thing and playing there, uh, at least until. I think they should change the rule and you should be able to go whenever you want to go if you want to go out of high school rather than that one-year deal that they've got going on as far as as long as assuming that they keep this rule for however long they keep it about doing that as opposed to going to college. Well, I have a couple thoughts on this. One, I have there are such events, there's just such great experiences at the collegiate level and at every level just in terms of your own maturity developing and, and not, not, I'm not talking about basketball developing, just having friends and being away from home and kind of growing up in that setting for special players. I think it's the best thing they've ever done. If you look at the NBA today, I mean, it's never been better at, at all levels uh, from the money they're making from the, from the product that we watch to how players take much better care of themselves and they are making better decisions. And a lot of that has to do with the fact that you've got mentors in that league and you've got coaches who are mentors, you've got coaches who have played, you've got teammates, and everybody's pretty self-conscious of the fact that there was a time in this league where guys were going around doing some really dumb things and really uh, deterred from the league, and it was kind of a black eye for the league. And you don't see that right now. You know I mean, And I think the idea that you can go in and that a young man can be prepared uh, financially, that he can learn about what an agent does, and he can learn about a guy that's going to handle his finances, that he can learn about in terms of being a better person and uh, working on his mental approach to the game. I mean, they have so much contact, and there's so many people that can influence them for good to prepare them for this experience that they're going to have the next 15 or 20 years. I, I love that. I think it's a really positive thing. I think it makes the product better. I think it gives a young man an opportunity to not blow $20 million away on things. They can talk to them about investing, they, you know, who's important in your life. Make sure that you're careful about people who you, you associate with because there are some folks out there that will take advantage of young people, and we saw that happen over the years with NBA players. So I, I love that, uh, that, that, in, that entire organization of how you set that up. I love it. I, I, I think there's nothing but a win-win for for the young men, not to say that there isn't great situations that come from playing collegiately. I do believe they ought to be able to go immediately and jump into this. But uh, 
I, I like that year. It's just a year in training mentally, physically, emotionally, psychologically. Uh, it just better prepares them to have a positive experience. I mean, ultimately, they got to play well. But there's a lot of there are a lot of guys in this league who were very talented that lost all their money, uh, made decisions, had the wrong agents, had the wrong guys handling their money, and, and as, they, as they look back, you know that those are sad stories. But it shouldn't be that way. So, I love the education that the NBA is providing for these young men, like Jalen Green, who would have been a great college player, you know, but he wouldn't have learned nearly as much as he has the last six or seven months, and he got a chance also to play at a pretty high level in the G league stuff. And not, not like a college environment. I mean, it, it's not the same. And, and there's something special about that, but for these really special guys, uh, I, I think it's a win-win for everybody. So as you watch the U S men's Olympic team, uh, prepare with a couple losses and then a couple wins, how much stock do you put in this? How confident are you? They can win the gold medal. What do you think? You know, uh, I've only watched a little bit of it. I actually watched the game where they played better and they beat Spain. I didn't see anything else. Uh, I, I, you know, not ever, obviously this is a year where not all the big names are playing, but certainly enough. Uh, I, I don't know. There's enough doubt in my mind in these preseason games. I still got to believe that the United States wins this thing. Uh, I was a little surprised with the guys, I, and I don't know the the one player from San Antonio that I picked. I've never seen him play. He seems to be playing pretty well. Uh, you know, I just don't know if they have enough size and the girth that that they they play at in, in those international games. And if anything, just getting worn down. Now maybe they're good enough; they can score it enough. But if they get in real close games and where there's different rules at the rim for defenders. Uh, that's the only thing that scares me. Do they have enough size and girth to to go through and win four or five or six games to win a gold medal? They're certainly talented enough, and they can make shots, but they're going to have to defend. And you got a great guy. I mean, Pop is as good as they get. He's you know he's he's been there in that Olympic environment for a long time, so he knows what he's up against. So I'm not. I don't think it's a coaching issue. I just wonder if they've got enough bigs and guys inside to pound and. Because that, that game is really physical, much more much more physical than the NBA, and it's very physical at the rim. Steve, as always, thanks for the time. Thanks for coming on. We will talk to you again next week. We'll have an NBA champion by then. Yeah, we will. Got to be nice. All right, guys. Have a good week. Steve Cleveland, our basketball insider, right here on 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. We'll get you up to speed on everything you missed next. Stay with us. The Top 60 and 60 is back on the Zone Sports Network. Get your college football fix every day at 1.30 as the Zone counts you down to the start of the 2021 season by listing off the top 60 players in the state of Utah as voted on by the local media. You'll also hear from the coaches as they talk about the players that will impact their season the most. It's the Top 60 and 60, weekdays at 1.30. Presented by Cypress Credit Union and ICON. On your home of the best college football coverage in Utah. 975-1280 the zone in the Zone Sports Network. For many of our listeners, the daily grind begins at 6 a.m. sharp. Wake up. But for some of our uh, slightly less ambitious listeners, uh, this segment is for you. These are your 9 o'clock Where the Heck Have You Been Slacker headlines. Wake up. With DJ and PK on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. <laughs> Thank you.
DJ PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Everything you missed in this show right now. This final's giving you everything you want. A lot of people saying no, PK. I mean, no. It's been entertaining. It's been great play. The greatest defensive play in all-time NBA history. You got that going on for you. Booker, Chris Paul. And I agree with Steve Cleveland. The two most crucial plays were defensive plays so far. And well, the one Chris Paul fell down, and it was a turnover, so maybe that wasn't a defensive play. But obviously, Drew Holiday was a great, great play. That was a massive defensive play. Antetokounmpo's block was a massive defensive play. The other thing yeah. was a big play. It was an unforced error, a turnover. Yeah, and the Antetokounmpo block was impressive because it was an alley oop. And he was facing. And he was at the rim. <laughs> and he you, was, you see block shots, but right at the rim. But facing the the ball handler, dude. reading it, spinning, launching, and getting there, that was something. Well, that's his ability to be able to do that. I mean, he's so long and so athletic. I mean, he might, he's probably the most athletic guy in the league right now, which goes along because usually the seems like the better athlete, the less of the pure shooter they are. And maybe because they haven't had to worry about that because they've just been so dominant athletically that they can get the job done without just working on your 18-footer all day long. Certain logic to that. Yeah, never. And never as a younger really player, you're going to have coaches telling you just get to the rim. And What and, are you doing there? You're so good. Just get to the rim. Layups and dunks it, yeah. are better shots. Yeah. I mean, he his strides are just enormous. And he went 15th, something like that. Jeez. I'm guessing in that draft, if it was redrafted, he'd go higher. <laughs> you really? <laughs> yeah. Not sure when, but I'm pretty sure he'd go a little higher. Which gives me hope for the draft next week of the Jazz plucking somebody at 30. Middleton second. Okay, that's pick. getting pretty late. I mean, getting Giannis at 15, because Kawhi Leonard was in that neighborhood. Donovan Mitchell was in that neighborhood. Your 12s, your 13s, your 15s. Yeah, but 15s. you're getting a superstar at that level. I'm, well, so yeah, I bet you got me going. You're probably not going to get a superstar <laughs> at 30. You're looking for a contributor. Chris Middleton's a second-round pick. Yes. but He's also, a contributor, obviously. Right. And you want to draft those guys, but to our earlier discussion about win-now mode and you trade the Jazz make trades if they can upgrade, but don't, don't yeah, but even, don't even hint at rebuild. If the thirtieth pick sucks, then no one else is going to want it either. It's not like you're going to get a whole lot for it if it sucks. I don't necessarily think it sucks. That's my point. And that's the point of you're not in rebuild, but uh, Jay Z having stewardship over the franchise, and obviously Ryan Smith. You also can't ignore. 2024 because it's coming and so maybe that's where you use something on that that you see something of somebody who might be a player uh two three years i mean look at gobert he wasn't running around doing what he was doing when his first couple of years now his attitude was still the same that's what impressed me the most but he was I a project he was a project and and, and and it worked and that was his draft so i don't just discount the 30th pick oh forget it yeah, I get it. You're probably not going to get a star. Jimmy Butler was taken at that very pick, Boom, wasn't he? Boom, there it is. Isaiah Thomas. The other one, but he went the last pick of the second round. You're talking about So the he'd Luka. be on the board. 
The little Isaiah. Yes, not the little. One. How about uh, uh, Paul okay. Millsap would be on the board? Yeah, we can go on and on. On and on with your second round hits. They're let's, all available at the end of the first the round. Late great Cliff Robinson. Boom. Hornacek. Yes. Love Jeff Hornacek. Keep them coming. Those are all just off the top of my head. Well, Bogdanovich, uh, Jokic. Just that's it. Just draft an itch in the second. And <laughs> 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 maybe you can get somebody. <laughs> Although I think those guys, I don't think we'll get a Jokic ever again in the second round. You're not that far out on the on the. On the limb there. I mean, how many second rounders have there been like him to this point? I just think the scouting has gotten so much better. The the foreign player is they're all a mystery to an extent until you get there and but you're the foreign player these. is less of a mystery yeah. than they used to be. Yeah. I mean you look at Doncic. Gobert was a mystery. Or he wouldn't have gone twenty seven. So you can always say a mystery, but to the second round level. I mean the Jazz traded up because they thought the Spurs were interested, right? Which we need to talk about. To get to Gobert. Oh, oh, gotcha, gotcha. So he can't fall to Jokic because they know somebody else is on to him too and they've just got to be more committed and move more quickly than that team. And that was a great move, obviously. Paying off. Great move. All right, we talked a lot of basketball this morning and we talked about the Jazz. There was a story over the weekend about the Jazz being open to a trade. Well, why wouldn't they be open to a trade? Uh, the story's up at Action Network. You can read it. It's, it's kind of got, and it does admit at the start there's a certain circular logic to this about if this, if that, and they probably aren't going to do something, but they've got to explore. And if they do, do they go down this road? But then it sums up with there probably isn't going to be anything happening. Well, things are going to be done, they're going to be done league wise. And they're going to be done jazz-wise. Mm-hmm. Because bringing back Conley is a move unto itself. It's this not like uh, Stockton and Hornacek. I remember the, I, uh, working for the Watchdog. Hey, can you go over across the street and cover the press conference for, I think, Hornacek and Stockton returning? Well, those are absolute no-brainers. <laughs> and I can remember John sitting, we're downstairs, we're on the fifth floor where we do the show here, but we're downstairs and he says, well, you know, yeah, but and I could have made more money, but it's not exactly like we're in the soup kitchen line, something I do like remember that. that. Yeah. <laughs> so there was like, it was an absolute 100% no brainer that those guys were coming back here with Conley. It's not. So it is an acquisition in a sense to retain him. And that, that is exciting. This thing's going to end here Thursday at the latest. Um, and then we're right into it. Yeah. The draft is a, the draft is a week from Thursday, mm-hmm. the 29th. What day is Pac-12 Media Day? Tuesday. Tuesday. A okay. week from tomorrow. That's a week. Yeah. Pac-12 Media Day on Tuesday, draft on Thursday. Jake Scott and I will be down there. And then free agency comes the week after that. And then training camp for football. Is right. Is right yeah, I had there. somebody ask me, oh, how's it going this summer? I said, oh, it's a piece of cake this summer <laughs> compared is, to other summers. Yeah. We've had basketball. We've had finals and uh, going on on that. And then as soon as that's done, it's draft. And then it's free agency. And then it's training camp. Compared to a year gonna, when the Jazz were in the lottery and everybody knew it at the All-Star break and summer well, started as soon as the NCAA basketball tournament ended for the locals. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, it's yeah, mid-March, and months. it's summer, baby. There is nothing going on. Right. We're literally halfway through from uh, Memorial to Labor, 
and a lot of stuff. And you know, what are the what are the the, the Jazz are the, always always the number one story, and always as 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 I see it. I haven't done research, but you're right. I mean, I've done it anecdotally, uh, but I haven't done it formally. Uh, and they're the number one story, and they've got moves to make. And we're going to dissect We were talking earlier way. about the run. It came up in this story that the Action Network put up there about the Jazz probably running it back. Uh, but there were you know, other factors at work, and some they control and some they don't. But the whole run it back, and you were saying top nine. I don't think they run it back top nine. I agree. But, but what about the top seven players in the rotation? I don't know. And that starts with Conley, because obviously if he goes, then that's one of the top seven. He is, yeah. And the and Action, get a Action Network story said, well, they got two more guys in the 30s. And you've got to get somebody back. Yeah. Or somebody's, depending on who comes back, who doesn't right. come back. But they, I don't think that they can just let Mike walk and... And bring right. everybody else back and that's it. Yeah. Here no, are, that seems unlikely. Next man up. That's a cliche that works, you know, college football, next man up, NFL, because you're counting on injuries, uh, devastating injuries. Basketball, you know injuries are coming. Whether they're devastating or not, you're not sure. But you just don't next man up Mike Conley. Can't happen. There's not that many Mike Conleys running around on the planet. It's just the nature of the sport. There's good players, but not to that level. So you you don't next man up. You f- you got to go fill that hole if in fact it ends up being a hole. I don't know that it will. But that the good thing about it is I'm I'm pretty confident that if Conley leaves they get Lillard. <laughs> Stop. We also had Bob Casper on <laughs> to talk Open Championship. Colin Morikawa, he's got two. Is he the next big thing? Looking for another Tiger or another filler player? Yeah, right now we've I'd seen say guys yes. go down. We've seen guys go down this road. Jordan Spieth has got three championships, but he hasn't won in the last four years. Hard to think that Jordan Spieth is already over the hill. Bob believes in him coming back even more than Kepka, and he's bullish on Kepka winning a major again soon. More than McElroy, right? McElroy is the one he's coolest on. Kepka's got four majors, hasn't won in two years. McElroy has four majors as well, and McElroy hasn't won in seven years now. He hasn't, no. Yeah. Morikawa's got two. When does he get to the third and fourth and join these guys, and how much does he just keep it going? With him, it's all about putting. He's already. Well, now. T to fairway, fairway to green. He's been dialed in to putting. Now, you might get the putting down and then lose the iron play. You don't know what's going to get to you. But I would suspect conservatively, conservatively, we're looking at five majors. For Morikawa. Mm-hmm. Yes. And top end? 32. No, you're not. I was going to say you're not <laughs> even going double digits. You're going to drop it at nine. Because the other thing these guys face See where is. where he's at when he's 30. Right. But the other thing these guys face is, yes, you're coming up. There's someone coming behind you who's probably going to win too early also. We've been seeing yeah, that for a decade yeah, now. I don't know. I don't know. I can't say that. The junior golf, the youth scene is going to stop cranking no. out major champs? No, I just think it's hard as fetch to win it. <laughs> it, it really is. Well, ask, ask Kevkin Spieth, it who is, played pretty well this past week, but they didn't win it. 
so hard to do this. I mean, look at Ustase, and he was there every freaking final. Yeah. I mean, every major. I mean, every every. What I'm trying to say is every final of every major. He, he was, had he a he finished second this yeah. year. He uh, finished second in a major, tied for second in a major, tied for third in a major, and tied for I think twenty sixth at the Masters. We never got Lloyd. Lloyd's sitting in because Jacques on vacation. Lloyd, so we do this draft uh, with Casper, right? And so second round, I'm saying, ah, I think I'm going to go Ustazen. When I was draft third, and of the three, and I say I think I'm going to go Ustazen, and then I thought, well, I'll just get him in the third round. So I take uh, Justin Thomas. So then Dufo over here in the third round takes Ushazen. By Dufo, he means his longtime partner and friend, <laughs> David James. Are you asking if that's Bush League? Come on. Okay. Was he, was he, Number if one. If he was going to take Ushazen. you knew that you were, that's what you were going to do? Yeah, I said because it. Because he I said, said it. it. I said he it. tried oh, to take what? two draft picks okay, in I'm the gonna... second round. He says he's a tough Jersey guy. He's whined about because I thought I would get Ustazen in the third round. I thought I'd, I overthought it. Hey, that's on you. You can't let people know what you're going to do. But there is no way. Do you think Why if I hadn't no said anything, way? he would have taken Ustazen? The guy had finished second in the last two majors. Why is there no way? I don't understand. Then why, why didn't you take him in the rage? first round? Because the guy who finished second take. in the first two majors. So there's no way. Why wouldn't you take him in the first round then? Why didn't you, you take him in the first question. round? Because I thought I could get him in the third round. I already said that. But I knew I could get him in the third you round. You weren't thinking of the him until I said it. Why did you take JT? JT has been cold. Because I thought that, you know, he played in the Scottish. He'd been over there a little bit and had some wine and relaxed hey, you're, you're, you're and all that. You're looking at a guy that, be, and I did it more for fun because normally Hans, we do it because we do something similar. Hans does, uh, takes Bryson DeChambeau like every time. He didn't take him this time. So I thought I'd take him just to, because I'm like, oh man, if, if he does by chance do something really good. So I took I took Brooks and I took Brooksy. So I had both of, I had both of those guys. Okay. Yeah. Well, well it, I knew I knew DeChambeau wasn't going to do anything good. I had it. I had it set up. I can come clean now. That if Louis had held on, I'd already had it set up. Monson was going to call in and just berate you for stealing my guy. Mm, that's great. That would have been <laughs> awesome. Because I I brought the scenario up to him. And by the way, JT is normally my guy. I'll t- I take typically take JT, but he has been cold. We mm. all reach for someone who was relatively speaking cold. None of us. Completely bombed. PK had a guy, I can't remember who it was. PK said instead of, because we'd just been doing this on wins and now it's on strokes, which was part of the reason to take Usazen because he'll give you the numbers even if he doesn't win the title. Thank you. But you're he had a welcome. guy withdraw, which gives him the worst score in the field and sinks. We didn't have any of that. All of our guys were even or better. I went with Fleetwood as the as I wanted a foreigner. So he See, was, I switched out I Fleetwood two. to go with uh to go with DeChambeau. <laughs> Oh yeah, DeChambeau seems to be in a bad spot right now, and Kepka keeps. You know who else has gone cold? Xander Shoffley. I got he's my guy too, and he's gone cold. Bob well, loves him too. Well, Bob's drafted him a couple times because he got married, and as I said, women weaken putters. It's a lot of whining from a tough Jersey guy. That's all I'm going to say. I'm not. <laughs> what are you, talking about? <laughs> you just got that. You just got that. <laughs> well, it's not the first time he's used that line. <laughs> it was the first time for Lloyd. It was. New audience. I get it. <laughs> got a new audience. Run back the old material, man. 
There's a reason comics limit their TV appearances and maximize their club appearances. You go on TV, you burn that. Now you burn that joke. But clubs, right. you're bouncing around on tour. You just just keep. Well, I tell you, I tell you, I learned that from Rodney. I mean, uh, my wife, my wife, she likes to talk on a phone after uh, she fools around. So the other day she called me. I tell you, I got no respect. DJ PK, <laughs> your feedback next. Stay with us. And it's all over almost here. Don't go nowhere. Now let's get this party started. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on the Zone Sports Network. Mark Medina, USA Today, NBA Insider. What type of contract do you think Mike Conley is going to demand? I think that he can command maybe in the 15, 20 million, but there's also concerns about his injuries here. Now, all that being said, I don't think they really have any other choice but to resign him. I know that the Jazz are over the luxury tax and all that, but let's just call a spade a spade. The reality is if he doesn't come back, like they don't all of a sudden have a vacancy that they can fill to the same equivalent because they're over the tax. They only have the mid-level. And so I think it's in their interest because they have Conley's bird rights to just re-sign him. It's almost a no-brainer that they should retain him and sign him for whatever they can. Hanson Scotting. Weekdays from 10 to 2 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Got some feedback rolling in. Question of the morning. Hasn't this NBA Finals entertained you? And Brainless Steve says, absolutely. It's been a blast to watch two teams who aren't typically in the limelight take center stage and battle it out. That being said, go Bucks. Go Bucks. Jazz fans' jealousy of the Suns is really irritating me. It's not that surprising, though. That's a big part of sports. I think it is. They've never done anything. So you feel superior to them. You don't want them to win a title. They got a title. But if you don't have one, how are you superior to anybody? Well, because you've been watching the last decade and they haven't gone to the playoffs. Which they fixed that. Billy Billy Max says, honestly, I haven't watched one game. Rennie says, I haven't watched a single minute of it. Ah, you're stupid. (laughs) That makes them dumb. You question their intelligence. Yes. You've got people who are mad about politics and sports who will watch. So I'll make a political statement. Right? Absolutely. (laughs) You've got jazz fans who are just like, we should have been there. I can't watch someone else win and celebrate. After the jazz are out, a lot of jazz fans are out. That's not surprising. That's not a new. Yeah, but we're two rounds removed now. Oh, as far as the discussion of what the Jazz might do in the offseason and how this will go and what will Conley do and will that trigger the Jazz to make a deal with their other 30-somethings? What might be offered to them for the other 30-somethings? What, I mean, is the phone going to ring and they don't anticipate it and something's offered up? David says, I have followed and admired at Ryan Qualtrics as business leader for a long time. If the Jazz are forced to make a move, they won't settle. Expect Ryan to swing the fences a la D-Wade. Don't be shocked at anything. I want to be shocked. Dame. 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 <laughs> and immediately someone will be like, that's too I want to be impressed. That's too small a backcourt. 
Oh, I, you can't. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> with that Too kind of small backcourt with, with that kind of firepower. I see. I don't judge vertical inches. I judge heart. You'd have a lot of heart, and that's what it takes. Drew Holiday stealing that ball, the best defensive play of all time, just yeah. wrestling it away as if it would. It looked like he was Crocodile Dundee in the water wrestling a croc. That's what it looked like. <laughs> crocodile. Dundee. That's what it looked like. He was in the water wrestling a croc. If you haven't seen the, the ball, if you haven't seen that series, watch the first one. Don't watch the sequel. He wrestled the the ball like it was a croc and his life was on. And now some people may say, I am a croc. (laughs) Good advice to always watch just the first, not the second. Yeah. Watch Space Jam over the weekend. Oh, you did? Yeah, the kids. They wanted to see it. And? The kids liked it and you got through it. (laughs) It's really good. The kids liked it and you got it. And they've already watched it like three times. The political LeBron, I'm done with that. I'm never going to see another one of his movies again. How about. Just don't go for the acting. And Rich Paul hitting up with Adele. There's a fire burning in my heart. (laughs) Reaching a fever, bitch, and going out the dog. Yeah. Uh, and then we got this. I just figured out who PK was talking about. I was like, why is he talking about Jay-Z? So, you know you're talking about a rapper. Or Justin Zanuck. And that's a way to trick guys, thinking you're coming to play for Jay-Z. It's brilliant. I don't think that's going to trick people, but <laughs> you're, got wel- that guy. you're welcome to try. You can come, and we got Jay-Z running our team. And let me tell you, have you ever spent some time around Justin? He's a rapper. Are we holding on? Or are Scotty and Hans like getting a remote or something? Oh, they're oh, ready. Well, we're waiting for you. <laughs> I've, I've, I've since put in overtime, man. It's 10.01. <laughs> well, then, let's break. Because I rolling. thought the same thing you thought. Yeah. Coming up next, Scotty and Hans on the way. Stay with us. All right, the show is over. This isn't over. This isn't over. It's over when I say it's over. Okay, the show's over. So what, that means the show's over? Yep. Okay, take care. See you soon. So long, farewell.